Tigers Uncaged. Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your hosts, Jesse and Lance. Welcome to Tigers Uncaged, the podcast for the Medicinat Tigers and the WHL. Uh, we are back after, we weren't on last week, right? We had a no. little bit of a crazy week. Yeah. <laughs> There's some things going on. Yeah, it was busy. I mean, it was busy. you're not wrong. There's a few things going on last week with food drive, and then there was, you know, hockey games. And, and concerts. Concerts. Yeah, it was a busy week. So we didn't I didn't have anything. a voice, so there was that. Right, yeah. I couldn't even have talked if I wanted to. You're back healthy and strong Well, now. I'm back. That's I'm good. back. And uh, we have a lot of stuff to get into. Tigers, as we are recording this, coming off a big win mm-hmm. over the reigning defending mm-hmm. WHL champions. If you were at the game, I said it in the pregame, a little, little talk that I do. Ric Flair once said, mm-hmm. to be the man, you have to beat the man. A lot of people are beating the man this year. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah, but listen, yeah. we didn't get to beat the man last year. That's true. Well, so, it did once, yeah. did once early on. People don't remember that, but it was early on. <laughs> was. But to do it again this year, right. I mean. Pepperidge Farms. Yes, yeah. Pepperidge Farms. Big win. For the Medicine Hat Tiger. I know easy win, a lot of people will say, but a win that I think was big for the team. Yeah, huge, huge. Uh, Gino's here, of course. Gino DePali. <laughs> One guy that seems like he really carries play five on five, and, and you saw it a bit again last night was was Braden Bame. And it's oh, just been catch this, me if you can. It's this thing with, with Bame where he has, what, a shorthanded goal, he has a power play goal, and then seven even strength. And I think 12 of his 15 points or something are at five on five. And that's a big separator, right? Because you know that your power play guys are going to go out and they're running at like 23%. They're going to get their chances. But you need, when you're all square up, you need those guys that can still kind of drive offense. And Braden Bain's been relishing in that role. Well, Bain's in the tra- he's a transition guy, like mm-hmm. zero to 60 guy. I don't think, I think when he has to slow down and set up, not saying that makes his game worse or anything, but that's not his game. Right, his game is to keep his. Like, just He's like a counterattack kind of guy. Not nonstop. Like when we saw that structure of no whistles for the longest time, that is Braden Games Bame's game. Yeah, none of this start stop for him if he can can have a gradual flow into a game. Where I you said the outside to inside move that he has right now, that he's just over skating. He's just faster than everybody's being defended against and not many have been able to shut him down except for maybe Nolan Allen and Denton Matejchuk or Moose Jaw that's about it I think that's something that you just you love so much about you'd love to see him on the power play but that's just not his game right like and penalty kill is his game where he's going to be aggressive on the points force a turnover and sneak in behind you that has pro potential to it. I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves where where Braden Bame's going to be in about three or four years, but there's some pro hockey in his future. There, there truly is. Whether that level is in the in the coast or in the A or heck the National Hockey League, wherever he'll be successful if he wants to go play somewhere. Yep. Yeah. He. It's strength and speed that are like it's. You can't really teach the speed that he has, and no. you can try and coach people up to be as strong as he is, but. Like, yeah, I was just come back to the fact that he dominates fitness testing every single year for this organization. He's just so strong and he plays well with Mercic, right? And yeah. I mean, we've seen with Mercic now that he's kind of gotten going again, he's a transition guy too. A lot of skill and, and he likes to kind of 
fly up and down the ice with Bayham, and it works well. I have noticed a difference in Mercy since he's been back from yeah. the 17s. Yeah. I, I think that tournament did uh, wonders for him. Didn't hurt, huh? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you touched a little bit on that power play. A guy who has been a huge part of that power play has to be Lee. That guy has been un- untouchable. He, he's always in the center. He's always kind of quarterback in that power play, and it seems to be really working for him. Well, and with Brendan, he is he's not going to be the guy that making that pass. That's where I go back to O. I go back to Oasis Wise, but Andrew Basha on the walls are able to find him and he's option 1. He's kind of turned into an option 1 and 2 like yeah. no, let's try for the middle. No, let's try for the right circle yeah. and it's opened things up, but I and I love how you mentioned the power play with Brendan. He's now tied for the lead the lead in the not only the Western Hockey League, but the entire CHL. There's actually three Western Western leaguers with nine power play goals. That would be Chase Wheatcroft and Prince George and Connor McLennan in Winnipeg. They all have nine, and so does Brendan Lee. So right. that does nothing but raise his stock, and his shot is great. Demands the puck, and but it's also interesting when he got hurt on that one power play shift, and we saw the emergence of Reed Andreessen at the top mm-hmm. of the points. He had a great weekend in Saskatchewan when he was playing at home. And in this game against the Edmonton Oil Kings, when he switched off and Brendan Lee was off, he was terrific. I think you've got some very good interchangeable parts. Pasha Botrov would be another one that kind of moved into that bumper position on the power play on the so-called second unit. And he had a beautiful goal last night. It was even strength, but he's just getting better with every day and kind of... As we've mentioned before, at least with me and Lance, I'm not trying to say, well, Jesse's never in our conversation right, or anything. Right. But we just talk about a cro- lot of things. Once you the cross game. that 100 game threshold where all these players are slowly starting to do, it's just like something clicks or a switch is like, oh, wait, you've played 100 games. You've a uh, achievement unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> now you can do a little yeah. better. So the power play's been great. Well, I the, think. The, the reason I mentioned Brendan Lee on the power play is because. I think that you're going to see a lot from him when we get into those games when we're down by one and we pull the goaltender. You're going to see Brandon Lee, not only has he become really good on the power play right now, yeah. you're going to see him take a – he's going to be a hero spot. Well, he's there. just the one that's targeted, right? Yeah, like I, I think that you're going to see a lot of you know him getting opportunities when the game's on the line. He's really shown himself. Yeah. This was a guy I, I don't think last year I would have put him in that category. This year, I've seen what he's done with McKenna. He's been a huge help to McKenna. And I've just seen him become a better player. He's definitely a guy to me, Has he's the guy to watch. He's the guy that I'm going to rely on if we're down by one to tie that game up. Right, that's the thing. What, what are we going to see when it, it gets nastier and if you're still fighting for a playoff spot when the chips are down, can you arise to the occasion and I, I, I couldn't agree more with you on that aspect that Brendan has all the tools and it'll just come down to, you know, staying focused. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to be the goal scorer all the time, too. If he, and we saw that last night. Yeah. We saw six different goal scorers for the Tigers. And that's happened more than once. And it's I was trying to remember my point as I was ranting a little bit. He's taken 71 shots. I think the next closest on the team is, what, 42? It's a ways away. <laughs> wow. It's a ways away. He's shooting a lot. I was doing Good, that this though. morning when I updated all my uh, my long my long stats. I looked like, hmm, 71 so he's clicking at what? So 71 shots, 13 goals. Come on, numbers guy. It's yeah. pretty good. I would <laughs> somewhere than, Oh, God, I don't know, like 16%? 16%. That's not roughly. bad. That's not bad. Yeah. But it just goes to show. Shoot. Yeah. That's what you got to do. I did, I did find last night. 18%. I did, that's pretty good for not the bad. That's not bad. Yeah. 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 
I did find, though, there was a couple instances where I thought the Tigers maybe were passing a little too much. I don't know if they were trying to be a little bit more fancier. Maybe they were just, they already had a comfortable lead. They wanted to kind of do a little bit more. But there was a couple times where I sat there and said, oh, why are we passing? Let's just get that, that shot on. Yeah, it, it it was actually even more evident when they had Gavin McKenna in the lineup because they kept trying to feed him for his first goal. And it actually probably sank them a couple times trying to do that. Luckily, they were playing the lowly Edmonton Oil Kings. I know we're not going to say that too often in our lifetimes. but Take advantage of it. And Yeah, I, I would have just been simple Sam. Fire that proverbial gr- grenade. Tomas Mercik did it, able to cash in through traffic. I would love to see everybody do more of that. I would... Let's just throw one out there and see where it goes. I just, it was a perfect shot placement. Traffic was in front. And Mercek's got a little bit of a swagger, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. How about that pass by Caden Lindstrom on the Pasha? Yeah, that was very nice. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, that was, th- th- like, those are the things that get you excited, right, when you look towards the future and just seeing guys like Lindstrom with the size and the ability, but the poise to make that play and, and not really panic under the pressure of having two, three Oil Kings on top of them. Stuff that gets you excited, but you know, I I've for a while thought the same that this team overall like kind of overpasses in the ozone, and in the specific situation with McKenna, I I felt that strongly that it was a lot of force feeding Gavin. That's why I've always said like you don't need to do that for for guys that are that good. They're going to get their points. They're going to be around it, and good guys find the puck. It's just how it works. Um, but, but what you're starting to see is this offense really take shape this season, and the offense is very possession-driven. It's maybe overpassing for some, but at the same time, I'm starting to see it as more of finding the grade-A option and having the confidence to do that against any opponent. Does it burn you sometimes? Yeah, that's it's, going to happen. You have kids playing, right, and this is junior hockey, and overplaying with the puck is going to happen, but... I think that I'm I'm seeing where they want to take this offensively. I don't see it as overpassing anymore. It's more, it's more they're they're getting into their flow of their offense, and it's a cycle. It's possession. It's trying to layer multiple chances, right? Because so often we see, you know, a, a shot will come through. It's one chance and out, and mm-hmm. it feels like okay, that was great for the five seconds. Now, if you have thirty seconds of ozone time and you still only get that one shot. At least you've now put some pressure on. You've created an opportunity for a better look. Is that not Willie Desjardins hockey? Is exactly that. Hundred percent. He's been trying to get to that for so long. I think so ever since he's came back to the team. That I know he was close there with before COVID, but and after last season, I think he's exactly where he wants to be. He had some great comparables of former tires of the past. Like he talked. We talked at uh, at great lengths about Tyler McKenzie. It reminds me of Derek Dorsett. Right, mm-hmm. like that was a guy who did a lot of good things for this Tigers team over the years. So, I I think they're just right. They're they're so on the cusp. And if you take away the losses to Vancouver, the losses to Victoria, man, I'm trying to think Prince of one. Albert. Prince Albert a couple times. This team's it should be above 500. And I, I even I, put I, that Saskatoon game. Both Saskatoon games. I think the one that from last weekend, I think the Tigers could have won that yeah, game. Yeah, there's so many of those games. Like, even you play better in Spokane and beat them. I think this team now crushes Spokane because mm-hmm. Spokane's kind of, I don't yeah. know if they just played that one for Ryan Smith very well or what, but. Love Smitty. I would think this team should be maybe one game above 500 or right at it, and you're kind of sticking around. You're you're not too far away from Calgary in that sixth seed. 
And yeah, is it not great to talk about? Okay, well, we're here now. What's next? Mm-hmm. Let's we're in eighth. But that's why this Let's get to six. This weekend to me is very important Whoa. because now you have like you can talk about the what if games all you want. Yeah, uh, we were in that game. We should have won that game. Blah 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 blah. Now these are the games that matter because these are the games within your division. So you got to go in there if you can take one away from Red Deer. If you can it's take one done. away from mm-hmm. Calgary, and then finally take one from Prince Albert. I hate Prince Albert. Yeah, yeah but there's if, not a lot of fans of Prince Albert around here these days. <laughs> but if we walk away with, let's say, two of three this weekend, mm-hmm. that's huge for us. 100%. That would be mission accomplished. You're hoping to get at least four points out of this four games in five ga- days set when it, you break it down long form. But this will be the first three and three of the year for the Tigers and. It ends with those damn Prince Albert Raiders again. Oh, yeah. That's just... I mean, and the Rebels, uh, they had a very strong start. What did they win, like 15 in a row? They sure did. Now they're 4-4, 0-2 in their last 10. So you're starting to see maybe the wheels come off a little bit. Well, and I think that goes back to when you don't have uh, Chase Coward, right? I think that yeah. is Kyle Kelsey's, you know, welcome to the to the Western Hockey League tour over. But I I don't think so with this team. I know they're gonna they'll they'll turn they're gonna turn it around. Like that's not gonna that for with Steve Connawalchuk, yeah. that is not an option for them to go that direction. But take advantage right now. If you see them struggling, Absolutely. you have to take advantage now. If the Brandon Wheat Kings can beat the Red Deer Rebels, why not the Tigers? Exactly. <laughs> why not us? Why not Tigers can beat a bunch of teams, but they can't beat the Raiders. I don't know what's going on. That's, Just, so much of it... Don't it, get me started on the Prince Albert. And, and there's a multitude of factors, right? And you can kind of look back at that game in PA and... Well, it doesn't take someone who's who knows how to look at a spreadsheet to look at the power plays on each side and be like, okay, well, that that's a big thing. But at the same time, I mean, you, you can also look at that game and I, I also say, well, you're up too, and you didn't close it out. However mm-hmm. it happened, you just didn't find a way to win, right? So it, it's so funny how stylistically there's these just little wrinkles in each and every game. Like the Tigers, I think, line up better against a team like Red Deer than they do against a team like like Calgary, for example. Mm-hmm. And the the Raiders kind of have found themselves in this spot where they line up just well line to line and man to man for whatever reason against the Tigers, and I'm not sure why that is, especially without Nolan Allen. They still find uh, that success from from really every end of the end of the, the team from, you know, in net and out. Big fan of Landon Kosher for, yep. for Prince Albert. My goodness, he was awesome in that game. I'll give him full credit. But, yeah, the Calgary game is the one that I really look at for your scope. That's your next – like the next, the next boss on your on your levels of video gaming, if you're yep. gonna put it that way, that's the next challenge for you. It's not Red Deer, it's Calgary. Yep, that's the next team in the Central besides Swift Current and Lethbridge that you're chasing. You and can, really, they're at the same point team mm-hmm. build wise, right? Like Calgary's just as young of a team yep. as the Tigers were. And last year, the Hitman kind of exceeded expectations more so than than I think the league as a whole thought. And so when when you talk about measuring stick games, 100, percent I think Calgary's that one that you can easily look at and say, well. They are kind of built like us. Why this aren't is, we there? Yeah, this is where we should be. Yep, one hundred percent. That's I, the hardest test because I mean they're eight one and one in their last ten. They're on, they're on. So Calgary's right on on a roll right now. So that's mm. that's the game I find to be probably the hardest this weekend. Yeah, I think so. I it, they're so deep at defense. They they've got they might have one of the best tandems in the Western Hockey League with Ethan Bonaventura and Braden Peters. I. I Tabor, 
Yeah. Yeah, Tabor's Braden Peters. Right? Really? Yeah. yeah. And then some, cool. somewhere yeah. in the middle of nowhere are Manitoba's Ethan Bonaventura. So they go rural for their goalies. Like that. I like that move at all. <laughs> but Graham Seatman, uh, it Tyson Galloway on the back end for, for Calgary. Great, great lineup there. Like The Tigers are going to get a good dose of how much further they now need to go. This, again, a blip on the radar. The, the little just the game here against Edmonton. You want it. Good for you. You gotta mm-hmm. win five more times against them. Yeah. I, I think that's not an option to to not to miss out on a point or two from right. Edmonton. You need twelve points when you do the long term math. Yeah, and that's I listen, you have to beat the teams that are below you and uh, you you look throughout history and you have to win the games that you're supposed to in order to to set yourself up as best as possible to kind of make that run because you're going to face teams like a PA that maybe has your number and a team that you're battling or the Hitman where it's a measuring stick game and you know the the puck can bounce either which way and I think to a man the Tigers will admit that the last time they were up in Calgary and saw that that Hitman team they weren't at their best and maybe that start just kind of took the the air out of their own sails a little bit thinking well this is going to be an absolute you know, just bloodbath and we're going to dominate and this will be simple. And it wasn't. So there, there's things to learn each and every night. And that that's the biggest thing that I keep coming back to is that the team is continuing to learn. This is still a learning year, oh, yeah. right? And and so you, you take some of the strong performances with some of the ones that you'd like back and or even just periods for that matter. I mean, you look against Edmonton, that first period wasn't good. It wasn't their greatest. No, that was probably the worst period I've seen in co-op plays this year. If yeah. I'm being honest, that was probably their worst 20 minutes of hockey this season. They just there was n- there was no jump, there was no life. There, it was like we were out for a bit of a public skate for the beginning of that game, and no one really seemed to have it going. And then you get back in the room, you say, "Okay, let's figure it out." And they they took that experience, right? And it's something that you can learn from. You build off of, and now you move ahead into into your first three and three, where you need to have all gas for three straight days. Mm-hmm. Lots of travel. Yeah, we also saw that the other night, too. What was it? They came on that third period and scored like three goals in three minutes. Yeah. And They've done just... that more than once this year. Yeah. Like, they're they're going well in the thirds. They're scoring a lot of goals, but they're also giving up goals in the third. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to play in a one-goal game. They just do everything in their power to not. Which is good, though, right? Is, that's a great attitude because but... they, game... they have not won a single one-goal game this year. Not yeah, statistically. One. Like, if you look yeah. back at There's the. There's a couple, like the Saskatoon and the. And the PA game. Like, PA ends up being a one-goal game, but they score with, like, point, Lindstrom point scores a point one second. It's like, okay. It's not but really still, a one-point Still haven't yeah, won yeah, a one-goal yeah. game yet. That's, um, that's the next challenge for me, too. Yep. I want to get into this. Uh, this really bugged me. I went on Twitter. I got oh, into good. a little fight. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. What did you do now? The Saskatoon game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Friday night. It's a 5-4 overtime win for the Saskatoon Blades. There's some pretty right. good performances out there. You're going to tell me the Tigers don't get a star? <laughs> You're going to tell me in a 5-4 overtime game yeah, I'm with you. that Go the on. Saskatoon Blades are going to get all three stars? Yeah, yeah. You're out of your mind. Yeah, I, uh, I, I can't. What I, the hell went on over there? I don't know. Who's I didn't picking pick the, the stars I over didn't there? I did pick the stars. Because like, I'm still calling people out. No one's answering me. Yeah, you were chasing down Scott Roblin. He was at the Grey Cup. Yeah, Roblin's got free pass. He was covering Scott the Ferd! Cup. Yeah, he was at the Grey Cup, poor guy. What, uh, like, the Blades won't sick. answer me. Clayton, their in-game host, he won't answer me because they know they messed up. Well, I don't know what it is about three stars in this league that I don't get. 
because I, I, I took the, like, I worked in junior A last year, and we started doing three stars, even though you have to do the player of the game. And I stripped it from some older volunteers because they would just, oh, I liked him tonight. I'm like, no, this isn't how this works. <laughs> this is a popularity contest. The three best players, players in the game, uh, whether it's give the them just, credit. Exactly. And that, I look in that game, like, who was really good in that game? Andrew Bashett was pretty good in that game. Brendan Lee had himself another multi-goal game. Mm-hmm. What's going on? So why didn't they get the second or third star? I, I don't know if there's like, is there an answer? Gino doesn't have an star? answer for it. I don't. <laughs> I have no answer because I've ever been in this league long enough. But yeah. Uh-huh. I feel like, is there like an award if you win three stars awards in the league this year? Like I have no always? idea. I just, I, re- I take it really seriously because I, I believe too. that the three individuals that bust their ass and play a really good game yeah. should at least get to do their little circle on the ice, yes. wave, home or away, I don't care. Yeah. But they should get to go out there, lift their helmet up, and be acknowledged as having a great game. I, did, I yeah. agree wholeheartedly. I understand I in close games you usually do home goalie, away goalie, whoever scores the game winner. I get that. But in a five, I'm starting to hate that too. A 5-4 yeah. overtime game, and you're going to tell me that the home team's getting all three stars? It doesn't bother me on the road. It more bothers me at home when there's a glaring omission, and it typically falls on goaltenders. Yep. Goaltenders are typically omitted from great performances, especially when it's like a, a 5-1 or a 6-1 game, for example. You could uh, get and I'm not like host star last Yeah, night. and I just to be clear, not referring to, to last night against yeah. the Edmonton Oil Kings, but I'm just saying you could have made an argument, right? But I think goaltenders a lot of times kind of get are are kind of slept on or players who play really well but they're not point producers and that's like also so much so much you can just go through the three stars and more often than not they're just going to pick the three top point getters and those I are know. the three stars. It's, it's like simple. Like, like yeah, it that's is. Imp- it's simple and I don't think it should be. But it's like yeah, that's important at the same time there's it doesn't feel simple. There's guy yeah, right? <laughs> but there's guys like Rhett Parsons or Josh Van Mulligan or Dallin Moline who make impacts night in and night out and it's it's nothing that's sexy for him. It's not going to bother him either. But I just, no. I think that that's that's why when we get into the conversation of three stars, I'm like, yeah, like, eh, I don't know. Uh, my my biggest one is just when goalies get snubbed. I don't like that. Well, and that's why if you listen to Tigers Hawk and Wild ninety four five, our Leon's player of the game, we kind of not that we, unless it's like a great hat trick performance. We kind of go off the page with our player of the game. We've done that uh, yeah. three or four times this year. We did it last night with Reed Andreessen. Triangle points Fantastic aside, right? Game. Listen, I will say three stars last night, that's hard. Oh when you God, have yeah. six different goal scorers, uh-huh. plus you have uh, Lankow, who did very well, yeah. that's hard. And Thomas you know all. Th- multi point game. Yeah, right? Like, you know, all, all three stars are coming from the Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, to sit there and try and pinpoint. Figure out who. That yeah. one's hard. But on a 5 4 overtime game. I'm with you. And you're not throwing a bone to the uh, the away team unless there was some theme night that was going on. Which it was even retro then, night. Oh, nice. They had like the St. Louis blue lookalike jerseys. Oh, cool. But I don't think that's the reason they picked three blades. Here, no. Here's my response now to three stars as my brain's starting to think again today. Here's mm. your structure. Here's your umbrella or triangle or tree. Oh, I like it. Okay. Blowout, you get them all. Uh-huh. You get blown out, they get them all. Sure. Home win, tight. You get two of three. Two of three. At yeah. least. Yeah. Two of three. And <laughs> you lose one like that, one of three. Okay. That's it. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, that I just reasonable. narrowed things down to four to five different scenarios. Yeah. You're welcome, Western Hockey League. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, put it on the tree. Yeah. <laughs> so going back, and, and then we'll cut this out. We'll move something else. No, but to go to the, the goaltenders. Yeah, yeah. 
What, in your opinion, would make a goaltender in that conversation? Like, let's say Beckett has 15 shots on him. Yeah. But they were really good saves. Right. A lot of times, people are going to scuff at that. It's almost like you have to be 25 and up for your saves. Right. For them to consider you as a star. But if you're sitting there and you're Dominic Hasek, like, sprawling out, <laughs> yeah. really saving the game, and mm-hmm. let's say they only had 15 shots. Mm-hmm. I think that makes you a star. Yeah. Um, but people only look at it where it's like, well, he had 14 saves on the night. Beckett Langkow. And they're going to go, really? Right. I would say as a guy who is, he leans more data, um, I wouldn't really put a number on it, <laughs> which is controversial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And But here's the thing. Typically, if you're going to, in let's take that exact scenario, right? Okay. 15 saves and you get a shutout. If you had face 15, you probably weren't playing against a, a very good opponent, truthfully. And so the 15 shots that they had probably weren't great, A. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it probably was a quiet night for you. And unless the game is one nothing, I, I don't really know how you're getting a star out of that, right. unfortunately. It's just like you can't read a box score, I don't think, to easily identify the three best players from both teams over the course of a game because – so much of it is about flow and rhythm and when uh, stops are made, when goals are scored, how they're scored. Like just the the little intricacies to a game that you can't see on a on a recap or on a spreadsheet. Like those those plays are obviously going to carry a bit more weight. That's all. Yeah. So it's like, but if you want a number, I would say like twenty five. That's usually the going rate. Like almost twenty. If, you, if a goaltender is more than twenty five saves. You're thinking about them. If it's yeah. 20 in a shutout, maybe. If it's like, if it's 20 in a shutout, and you have to consider one of the goalie, like the goalie who got the shutout as being a star, you were probably at a pretty boring game. So. I've always even been under the impression that if you get a shutout, you're getting a star. You're getting a star. That's what my I don't that's care what how many shots. Said. Yeah, that's he got too. a shutout. He didn't let in a goal. He, that's true. he gave you the best chance to win. He, that exactly. Is, that's that, reasonable. That should put you in a star category, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even care if it's 11 shots, and you're yeah. you're against the worst team. Your goaltender did his job and did not let any goals in. That guy should get a star. Yeah, like I have, especially in this league. I don't like, know, but just... then you could just say if people score, they did their job and they should get a star. So it's like that's fair. <laughs> I I like it because <laughs> right. This I is know the most. In- I know that's the annoying yeah. thing because yeah. there's always a counterpoint. It is, I think God. what we've learned. Three stars are never going to be perfect. Never. This is the most in-depth three-star chat I think I'll ever have. In but, it is, but it is it's fair. fantastic. Like and to 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 wrap this up. If that scenario that you talk about in Saskatoon happened here in Medicine Hat and the Tigers were on the winning end of that and the Tigers got all three stars, Tigers fans would be crucifying our own people, whoever makes yes. that call, yeah. and saying, yes. how did they not get a star out of that yeah. game? And For what it's worth. It. Is yeah. it just this town <laughs> that happened? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, we're just a big three-star town. I don't know. It's like we got our own internal awards. I always kind of laughed uh, when last year, in, or when I was in junior A, and we go to Drumheller. I remember one game, we won 6 nothing over Drumheller. And the PA announcer, a very good friend of mine, Jason Blank, he had the three stars he handed out, won 6 nothing. Like, here come the three stars. Drumheller, Drumheller, Drumheller. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't even show up to play. Yeah, right. Like, you're... One guy, Jacob Bernard Docker, got a hat trick. You don't give him a star. Yeah, and that's not good enough. What is going on? Okay, enough about three stars. One final thing, and then we'll go. Okay. Um, okay. Are we seeing the coming out season for Reed Anderson? 
I hope so. Is this <laughs> is this that catapult year? Because, like I said, there's been a lot of people who have mainly just because with the world we live in and we're just unpatient or impatient as as human beings. It feels like a lot of people have been anticipating, waiting, and expecting Reed Andreessen to uh, really come into his own. Of course, a first round pick. With that comes a lot of external and mm-hmm. maybe some internal pressure. But he's delivering on score sheets night after night. He's putting up points and he's playing arguably some of the most consistent D zone time with Josh Van Mulligan. The pairing has been one of the most consistent groups, 200 feet this season. He's got more points than Bogdan Tadas right now on defense. And I granted has played more games, but I hope, I hope it is for himself. I'm trying to compare the, that pairing of JVM and, and Reed Andreessen to something familiar. I, and I can't put my finger on it where it goes. You've got the offensive prowess guy. And you've got Van Mulligan, who did have two goals last year in his affiliate sort of season, and he's got just one assist, but he's still a plush player. One guy can jump into the rush, and Dreesen, I think, has found a really good sort of groove with the power play. And You know, if you're an offensive defenseman, you need power play points. You mm-hmm. really do. It, it, look at Eric Carlson. Like, come on. Yep. And, and he's not – Reed Andres is not Eric Carlson. Sorry, I did not want to put him in that spot, but – you kind of see Van Mulligan also a guy in his draft potentially getting drafted, right? Like solid shutdown D kind of. If I hate doing comparables, but I see a lot. Like maybe not as aggressive, but I see a lot of Travis Hamonic in yeah. Josh Van Mulligan a little bit. The only reason why comparables are good is so that people maybe get a better understanding of what he can be, where you can kind of go to. Yeah, because I'm with you. I don't love them, but I use them just as a bit of a reference. I was like, oh, is he is he compared to? You know, to Nick Lidstrom? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. If you're getting that praise, you you better be a first rounder. But you're a one of one. If I'm reading this correctly, and I give Brandon Lee a huge props on the power play, but Reed Andreessen, 14 points. Yep. Nine of that has come off the power power play. play. Mm-hmm. He's been tri- he's been terrific. Three so. goals, six assists on the power play. He's another guy. I mean, you put him and Lee, the one-two punch on that power play. Is that the reason why it's working right now? Seems like it. Well, Andreessen's been really smart as that lone defender on the top unit. As the facilitator, yep. he's more just finding the open man because he knows on the flanks that Basha and Weisblatt are going to make the right play, right? And so Those are good flanks. It's just a matter of moving quickly when the puck comes to Andreessen. If, if you're going to be taking the shot, it has to be on your stick, off your stick. If you're moving it to the next guy, you got to have the ability to move it quickly and in the right spot. Now, that sounds really easy, but once you start getting into some of these penalty kills that teams put on you... Like, it's not, and he's able to to move the puck really well and catch guys out of position just a bit. Like, he's th- this has been such a step up so far this year for Andreessen, and I just thought, like, based off of last night and kind of how he's gone the last couple of nights, it, it'd be remiss if we didn't at least shout him out because, it, like, things are going very well, and he's playing well. Well, and I was talking to James Tubb last night, the uh, the guy who picks the three stars, and he's like, I James, get he gets, James. He, gets, he, gets, he gets nervous about doing three stars. He's like, thoughts? Well, he's I'll, going to now. <laughs> he's like, thoughts? If he's listening to this, he's telling you to get nervous like, now. I said, kid, Andreessen's been good. You could throw that one in there. Didn't throw him in there last right, night. So right. I'm, I'm throwing him under the bus a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> get him. Yeah. Get him. Get James. But then he was her. He was her. Player of the game. Yeah, I should say we love James. We did. Yeah, James great guy. is awesome. Yeah. I'd love guy. to get him on the podcast. To be honest, yeah, you I, mean, could. I don't know why we couldn't. Oh, yeah. didn't he say that he didn't think he could? Oh, he, he might have the. Yeah, he might be in a tougher. He's spot probably than we are. too yeah. nice to be on the pod. This podcast right. with us degenerates, right. yeah. at least me as the degenerate. Um, let's do one final question and then we're wrapping this all up. Sure. So many questions. Three like games. It. 
We got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, obviously. <laughs> uh-huh. How many games does Beckett Lankhouse start? Oh, that's this not where weekend? I thought you were going. I thought you were going with all right, prediction time. No, no, all no, right. we won't. I'll I cut like out it. the predictions. I like it. Three wanna, games. Do you want to do your predictions just because you like doing them? You're this? the predictor here. Yeah, you like doing predictions. I was very surprised that May did not start last night. Okay. And then if May started, I would have went two for Lankhouse. Okay. So now you I, think I, do you think May gets two? What do you think? You answer first. I think Lankhouse gets all three. All three? Yeah. Listen, I've been wrong call. this entire year when I think that May is starting and it's been Lankow. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Well, But clearly they want this guy to be the Iron Man, so I say he gets all three. Interesting. He might. That would be insane. I've seen it done before. Uh, I think the reason we didn't see Evan May yesterday, which I think you probably wanted to go to May, if you beat Saskatoon last week and you get three out of four points, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that Evan May, May plays last night. Right. I And then you start Lanco, and maybe you go May against Cal. I wouldn't do that one. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I'd, I mean, those I'd, two I'd, division games are so yeah. important that I think it has to be Lankow no matter what. I think you're right? not you're not far off that Lanco might start all three. I, I think you're a lot closer than you think to that. Um but remember, Evan May went up against the Saskatoon Blades the first time. Was their best player? Yeah, mm-hmm. was even yeah. close. He turned a lot of heads and that night. for almost forty minutes in that Prince Albert game was the reason the Tigers might have won that game. And then things just kind of unraveled and penalties caught up to him. Man, that's it's hard do to you, know for sure. Do you give him a call in Red Deer and let May go first, and then go back to back Lanco? So here's what I think. Okay. I, and and I don't is, know any. I have no prior knowledge. No, you have none. That's a prison. We don't know anything. That's why we just talk. Yeah. Um, I, I s- saw the Flames do this last year, the Calgary Flames. They would throw Markstrom in on games against the weaker opponent, knowing that they need to pick up those two points and having faith in their backup in Dan Vladar to play well enough that they might be able to pick up a win. But you want to lock down and secure, like you mentioned, Gino, the wins against teams that you need to beat, right? Whether that's, mm-hmm. in our case, the Oil Kings or a team like Victoria, if we were to see them again, just teams that are in the bottom of the standings. I think I would go, in that theory, Beckett Friday, Saturday. You have the quick turnaround from Saturday to Sunday because it's a mid-afternoon game. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Evan May, Sunday again against Prince Albert. Do we Give know- him a chance to get his first win. I think you go May against PA, and then you, you throw your best or what's perceived to be the best based off of the starts, and that's 18-4. to four. Now, granted, that's inflated because Beckett played 10 or 11 before May got here. <laughs> yeah. But they, they've they established that they, they really like Beckett Lanco. They want him to, to be in. I, I think... Beckett plays Friday, Saturday, and Evan May gets a call Sunday. Has Beckett played both games against Prince Albert? He's played one. Or no. Wait. Yeah, he's played one. He played the first one. Played one of them, yep. They've split. Oh, they've split. They have split against PA, and that's that's what kind of fooled, like, and on a three and three, you don't want to just throw Evan May in there if you're gassed from the first two and and not give him a chance to, you know, if if you have a little bit of laps because you're tired. Because, but again, Prince Albert is going to be on a three and three as well because they play Calgary Friday, 
Red Deer Saturday, and then so they got a similar trip. They yeah. like I think oh, they play the exact same. We may team. see the right. battle of the backups then Sunday afternoon. But that's and, and, and who, who's and, to say? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like some of it's probably going to come down to to how the guys are feeling after yep. you know mm-hmm. last night and into tomorrow. And I, I just think that Lankow's proven that he can play multiple games on a stretch uh, with with travel included, right? He's done he's done two different back-to-backs on that U.S. road trip. And yeah. I, I just I figure he, he's proven that he can handle that kind of workload and, and play it well enough. You give him Friday, Saturday, you throw Evan May in Sunday. Uh, and guys like Crew Hannes are going to be relied upon to, to bring energy into the lineup. You're going to have... Uh, Curtis Smythe maybe flipping between forward and defense in in sp- like sparing guys for shifts. I don't know. Like yeah. when you get to three and three, like, the second period on Sunday afternoon it's against the Raiders, rough. that one's going to be interesting. Yeah, because you're going to see two teams that maybe don't have the legs they thought yep. they had. Yep. And I've always said we said this last year. One of the Tigers' biggest assets is that they have Joe Frazier on their coaching staff, mm-hmm. who is one of the toughest coaches when it comes to strength and conditioning. Oh. And he makes sure that every guy has enough gas in the tank to play seven and seven if they have to. So this is going to be your first test. Like I, I, I'm convinced. Like, yeah. I'm convinced you're not going to find a better conditioned team than the Medicine Hat Tigers and the work that they put I, in. You're not wrong. And so I really think that you might see the separator towards the end of the weekend when the Tigers still have a little bit more juice. When was the last time you saw them get outskated this year? It's not often. Yeah, it's not often. Yeah, like it's, maybe, maybe Winnipeg. I was gonna say maybe Winnipeg. That's about it. Maybe yeah. Calgary, and Red Deer the latter part of that first game. But that was more structure, I think. Yeah, just Ben, and that was Ben King. Yep, Ben King ain't gonna be there Friday. Yeah, I guess Red Deer was a lot of just the the Rebels shutting down the middle of the of their own zone and, and on catching them on transition. Yep. Right. Yeah. I don't know that there's teams that. Can that have gas tanks like the Tigers do? I really don't. Actually, there's maybe one other team that maybe outskated the Tigers. That's the Portland Winterhawks. Maybe Portland. The damn American teams are good. Yeah, they are good. They play a little <sighs> bit. What different. a slugfest! And that I just I wish I could just instantly transport myself to a U.S. division game on off days, mm-hmm. so I could just watch Portland and Seattle beat the hell out of each other. WHL live. There, there you I go. Could, but then I. You work for the WHL, don't you get it for free? Yeah, I do, but I, oh, oh, man. Okay, I'm on a I'm on an entourage kick right now. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, you and you and your closest people around yeah, here yeah. have a you and your entourage run an entourage kick. <laughs> yeah, right. Big weekend for the Medicine Hat Tigers. You can catch all the action Wild 94.5, wild94.5.ca. Boys, appreciate it. Until next time, go Tigers, go. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.